I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. In this podcast, we talk about Borough's 5-1 victory over Norwich, visit a particular island, and welcome a new inductee to the Knee Slide Club. This is the Borough Breakdown podcast, and this is all your Borough Matchday chatter in a pod. Support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for What's Craig it? Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Abanelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Hello and welcome back to the Borough Breakdown podcast. We are the podcast that gives you all of your Borough match day chatter in a pod. And I've checked in with the weather girls. It might not have been raining men yesterday, but it was certainly raining goals. The five that Borough put past Norwich yesterday means that we are, for now, the Championship's highest goal scorers. Hallelujah. Savour that because it might not happen again. Tom, I think you've just about dried off from selling fanzines outside the riverside yesterday um i mean what a game how are you feeling after it um yeah dry thankfully uh knackered so i'm uh i'm just about done with any friday night games now (laughs) i I mean i'm not looking forward to the uh you know evening kickoff wednesday but i think after that it's all uh generally kind of dinner time three o'clock so that'll be good and get some proper sleep. But uh, other than that, and enjoying the game, it was it was great. And what I found kind of really strange was the feeling coming away afterwards, where it was just kind of like that's just that's uh, pretty normal now. Like mm. I, I don't know as well. Like if if it's just because like my second season as a season ticket holder was like the eight one game, but I see us going four one up at half time, uh, going in four one up at half time. Sorry. And I'm like, oh, this could. I sent my dad, and I was like, this could be be anything. This like, uh, it could be seven or eight. And <laughs> I always have that as kind of the threshold. Now I'm just like, oh, that's really impressive. But like, five one should still be impressive. And mm. I'm just kind of like, they're like, oh yeah, we've done it before. We've done it against Reading early, five uh, nil early uh, season against Reading. We've done four nil against Preston. Like it just. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know what the right way of kind of looking at this is, but I don't feel like I appreciate it as much as as much as I should now because it's just it, it happens so so commonly. But what I do really appreciate is the fact that we are now the championship's highest scorers, yeah. and I think 
just looking at that, it, it's it's um, to do with the work that that Carrick's done for sure. Because I mean, you know, we've had two managers this season, but I don't think you can attribute a lot of that to Chris Wilder. I, I don't I don't remember what our record was when when he left, but I can't imagine it was very good considering some of the performances we'd seen up until that point. I'd, I'd been to two away games against Reading and Coventry and seen two one nil losses and boring football. So it's <laughs> uh, it, you know credit to the work that Carrick and the coaching team have done. Yeah, it's it's really interesting that you say that actually because I think this has become our normal, hasn't it? There was just an air of normality about it that this is just what Borough do and I think I don't want to kind of come on to a little bit of a negative but I did think the atmosphere was a bit flat yesterday considering that we put five past the team and I just maybe that does come into the conversation what we're saying there about how this is just the Middlesbrough now this is the new Middlesbrough that we're sort of used to and personally I'll never take this for granted because I said on tease yesterday that this is the Borough team that I've always dreamt of one that can score goals and the fact that, I mean, let's be honest, Burnley will probably score today and, and, and become the, the league's highest goal scorers again. But the fact that right now, as we sit here recording this podcast, Borough have scored more goals than anyone else in the division. That is, I, I don't think anybody outside of a Borough persuasion, outside of the Borough bubble can like fully understands how weird that is. Because I remember the Millwall game during the lockdown season, because there's a few like Borough moments that just stick in my memory and that one does because we scored three goals in one half and that just does like back then that just did not happen we did not score goals three in a game let alone three and a half and now we're scoring five in a game we're scoring four and a half it's it's absolutely brilliant and you know I'll never ever take that for granted the the fact that that you know Burnley could go back to being top scorers like later today when when they play but We've given them a head start <laughs> during this season as well, and we yeah. still like caught them up. But um, I, I get what you're saying about like not taking it for granted. That's what I have to kind of keep telling myself in my head now, because because like I said, I, I didn't feel like I appreciated that game as much as I should have done because I've seen it quite a few times this season. Mm. But you know, I, I think we we knew at the start of the season we had that sort of ability in the team. We've added to it in January with the additions of uh, Archer and Ramsey. Uh, not so much Balassa because he hasn't had too much of a, a chance to to make that impact yet. But we we've added that that firepower in, and it's just helped us even more. The, the fact that now we could end up with Tuber on thirty goals at the end of the season, and then Force and Archer both getting double, double figures. Like I, I I don't you know I I never thought I'd be seeing that happen to Borough. Outside of you know me playing football manager, like mm. <laughs> fairly regularly on, on stuff like that, but never in real life. Yeah, it's a pinch me, I'm dreaming sort of thing, isn't it? But it, it was a strange game yesterday because you know five you put five goals past a, a team, you'll probably then say you know five star performance. But I didn't think Borough were as good as we've seen them this season. So what what did you make of the the display yesterday? I mean, I'd agree, and you know, I, I was listening to um, the the BBC's post match while I was trapped in the car park last night, and you know, M- Michael Carrick said something very similar. He's like, "We've played better under my watch and and had different results, like lower results." I think, 
I think Norwich did a lot of it to themselves in in the way that they were trying to play, but also it, it wasn't necessarily our best performance. I think you could see that, you know, off the, off the back of the last three games that is the last three. Um, yeah, mm. last three, including Huddersfield. Um, I, I think you could see that there was like a little bit of a hangover effect from those games. I think particularly in the first ten minutes or so, because Norwich did have a good spell um, straight after kickoff, but. After that, we got the first goal, and then it, it did seem to only be going one way from that point. I think the the fact that that Sergeant scored um, really was against the run of play, and I, I think a lot of the the Norwich fans that that I've seen on on their forums on their Twitter were saying he had two easier chances before that, and then put away the the third one, which was a lot harder and it was a lot. It was very frustrating for them, and I can I can kind of see the the point there. The the one that was straight at Stefan when he was on the floor um, earlier <laughs> in, in the game. You know, as, as someone who's playing goal, that's an absolute dream of uh, you know of a double save because you hit that anywhere else at its goal, and it's just a gift that it goes straight back to you. But it it did seem very much against the run of play, but. Even with that in mind, it wasn't, you know, we weren't like all over them. We weren't playing um, 100%. I mean, the, there's that old old saying in it where it's like you can play poorly and still get three points. We didn't play poorly, but, mm. you know, it, it's probably more of like a 2-0 performance rather than 5-1. Um, so I don't think anyone would have seen that coming, I think, before the game or really in, in some of the play in the game as well. Yeah, we've. I definitely agree. I think we've played better and scored less this season. It wasn't a complete performance by any stretch of the imagination. I think the narrative of this game is that we were clinical. You know, we were. It wasn't complete. It was clinical in you know Borough in front of goal, and I was quite. I was scratching my head at Norwich's setup to be honest, because their wide players were very very wide at times and. Playing against a team that operates so well and is so dangerous in the half space in the central area as we are, that just seemed really like it was always going to backfire, in my opinion. And defensively, they were a complete shambles. I watched the game back, watched the goals back. Dom Goodman said it on commentary shambles defensively just really really bad and I don't know whether David Wagner played or set Norwich up in the way that he did with those really high advanced wingers and really wide wingers to try to almost combat Borough's weaknesses or potential weaknesses defensively and maximize their potential strengths but the thing is is Borough's attack is very very much better than Norwich is. So it just didn't seem like the right setup. As we've seen with Huddersfield and with um Bristol City. Yeah, Bristol City. I've like that's just gone out of my memory now. I was so annoyed at that game. Um yeah, Bristol City and, and Huddersfield, they set up really deep. Well, uh, Huddersfield did, but they set up with, you know, two banks of, you know, their defense and their midfield and shut Borat out and really frustrated us and forced us to play in areas where we really had to be patient whereas Norwich just basically let us have those half spaces in between the wing backs and the centre half and you know defensively they were really really shocking this is a team by the way that wanted to get into the top six with that defence if they get into the top six they're going to be absolutely pulled apart but I just thought that was really really interesting and 
you know, we had a conversation last week about slow starts in the first half and in the second half. Well, we had a goal on seven minutes and we had a goal straight after half time. So that's, you know, really, really good there to to make sure that we're starting strongly in both halves. Um, I want to talk about Cameron Archer real quick because he had the lowest amount of touches of any outfield player to play 90 minutes, but scored two and assisted two. Tom, talk to me about him because he is so, so good, isn't he? He is, and I think that performance yesterday really kind of ties into that uh, that clinical narrative uh, that people are putting on on the game. Um, the the fact that he's found himself in those positions uh, twice: the first goal straight out of the Afonso Alves school of finishing, and then second one, fantastic. That you know he's he's managed to to find that space in the area off off the free kick. The ball just comes to him, and you know you, you give him that that shot of goal from there. Nine times out of ten, that's going to go in, but. I think his contribution to to the team, other than the goals, was was still pretty important in that he was that that attacking outlet up front. We we were seeing quite a few times long balls played forward. The Norwich centre defender, whose name I'm not even going to try and pronounce. I'm a ballad. I'm a ballad deli. Is it? Yes, him. I'm a ballad deli. <laughs> He, uh, he he was having to to you know go pace for pace for pace with Archer quite a few times to to try and get the ball in ahead of him, usually because of a better starting position he did, but the fact that that we had that pressure and we were able to to kind of press the uh, the defense and the goalkeeper from from doing that um, really important in 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 the performance, and then I think what also stood out uh, to me yesterday. Was the assist for for Chibrakbom's goal? I think when when you're when you're a striker on two goals, it could be very very tempting in that situation to try and take someone on and 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 score yourself. And I was fully expecting him to do that. So I think, like the defence, I didn't even see Chibrakbom running in back post, and I didn't even see that that pass happening. Because I I was just looking at that thinking Archer's took it a bit wide, but he's going to try and cut inside onto his right foot and take a shot here. And yeah, to to get that assist from from Megan the defender as well, putting it across the face of goal for Akpom to to just tap in, you know, second tap in goal of of the of the game, going like peak FIFA. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it it just showed how how his mindset's more kind of focused on helping the team rather than say individual glory. Although I will say later on in the game, he could have slotted Crooks in and he went for the individual glory. But <laughs> I don't think anyone would have minded that he did that at 5-1 and I don't think Crooks did, especially because they had words afterwards and hugged it out. So, Poor Crooks. Yeah, I, I absolutely... I, I can't put into words how much I rate Cameron Archer. I think probably the best thing that I could say is that he will play for England and he will be a success for England, barring any injuries club form because I think that can change the the trajectory of a player's career sometimes when a club's not performing the players won't perform but he has all of the tools the minerals as Jonathan Woodgate would say to play for England I think we are so lucky to have him Borough fans savor him he's such a good finisher with both feet and he's a little pocket rocket isn't he where he's you know he's on the smaller side of a striker, he's so strong. He's so strong and he's explosive and he is a clinical finisher. <laughs> he, 
I had to recover from when you said the Alfonso Alves school of finishing because I would never have thought that that would be a school of finishing. I enjoyed <laughs> that. Um, but yeah, he's just, honestly, he's such a, a good player and we are so, so lucky to have him. Eight goals and six assists in 16 games for Borough. I mean, Aston Villa have one hell of a player on their hands. Um, playing devil's advocate here, being a bit of a Debbie Downer, um, although not quite. I think this is still worth mentioning despite the victory. I mean, it didn't matter in the end, of course, but Borough did concede through a mistake. Uh, Paddy McNair getting caught in possession. Daddy Beardmore asked us, are we going to have to just accept that we're going to have these horrible mistakes in us, but the fact that we score and always look a threat is worth it? I think so, yeah. And I think, you know, McNair doing that yesterday uh, gave me horrible kind of like flashbacks of Wembley and Danny oh, Ayala doing it. Um, <laughs> it was oh. it was very much like that that meme that's going around TikTok at the moment of Pingu and there's all the fire behind him and stuff. And I was like, oh, happened again. <laughs> but second half, I feel like McNair actually learned from that because there was a couple of times where he'd just go into a slice tackle and launch it out of play. There was one point where he actually could have played it back to Stefan and just launched out of play anyway. I was like, mm, you pro- probably the wrong decision there, but mm-hmm. I can see what you're trying to do and trying to like not make the same mistake as you did in the first half. So that's fine. I, I, I think I think he needs to, to start doing that a little bit more. Um, I don't know if there's you know, anything he can potentially learn from, from Lenahan and doing that. Because Lenahan seems to be pretty spot on with the decision making most of the time, uh, in, in what to do in defensive areas, but it's an area that we're, we're still going to need to improve in. I think there are times where the wrong decision is made, and and you know we're, we're trying to play our way out of trouble. McNair's not the only guilty one of this. Obviously, Giles only did it the other day as well, but. It, it, it's an area we, we still need to improve on. I still don't think that this defence we're seeing now is is the best form of, of what the, this defence is going to be. I think there's there's still going to be improvements made to it. And like I say, I, I think a lot of that's going to come down to decision-making. I think it's going to come through practice, and the more times you, you do something, the, the better your decision-making is going to be. Um, but I, I think there's, there's just... Points in the defence, like I say, like Lenahan, and I, I, I think Tommy Smith potentially as well. Um, just using that experience and kind of knowing what to do uh, should be able to kind of help guide the uh, the others in the defence through it. But I, I think at the moment we should be pretty comfortable in the fact that we can outscore teams. But but like I said, there's this still work to be done with, with the defence, and they can still get better. So hopefully we're. We're not too far away from from the point where we, we're like, yeah, we can outscore teams, but we're also strong at keeping them out as well. Yeah, I do want to pick up on something that you mentioned there, the credit to Paddy McNair, because yes, it was a mistake. And there was a big discussion in our Telegram chat of, was it Lenahan's fault for his pass towards McNair or was it McNair? I think it was McNair's fault, to be honest. I think potentially clutching at straws there to, to fl- uh, deflect that blame on, on Lenahan, But I just want to really credit McNair because I thought he recovered from that and he's you know he's come under some criticism this season for you know his performances he was good in the second half defensively and I think that's massive massive credit to him because he has come under quite a bit of criticism this season and particularly of late as well and yes he did make that mistake and I think he'll know that but his recovery from that I thought was really really good so credit where credit's due I think if we're in the vein of of 
criticizing players when they make a mistake it's only right that we give them praise when they play well as well so I thought you know hats off to to Paddy McNair for that great recovery after making that mistake um a little bit of a bad note as well I know I'm, I'm trying to like be nice and be jovial and happy but we did get a few injuries um I don't really think that this needs to be discussed in depth because we all know that they're blows but Fry is injured McGree did his ankle uh, in training in the build-up to this game and Ramsey and Force both picked up injuries in the game against Norwich um Alex Moore was one of the players that came on yesterday for Ramsey Jez Dunn did say that he he really wants us to mention uh, Alex Moy in the present place. I'm going to upgrade that slightly. I think we really need to talk about him in isolation. Tom, how did you think Alex Moy fared yesterday? Because when I saw that he was coming on, a few eyebrows were raised around me. Let me just put it that way. But he was he was really good yesterday, wasn't he? It was. I, I think it was the same around where where I was sat, and for my part, I was trying just trying to figure out where he was even going to fit in. Yeah. Because um, I, I was looking at other options on the bench. I was like, surely you could put Jones left wing. You, you could put put Crooks on and and kind of like move Archer there or something like that. But when we brought Moore on and moved Hackney forward, I was like, okay, this is interesting. Wonder how this is going to go. But it, it did go well, and Moore played well um, to cap that up with an assist. And also an assist of an assist with the um, <laughs> the, the tackle he made for the fifth goal, I, I think kind of sums it up. And you said something on um, on the T's phone in yesterday, which I, I kind of really agree with. Um, that you know, more is a good player, and he hasn't just you know became bad overnight or anything like that. He he hasn't had the chance to to show what he can do in this system. But if you look at, at where he's been previously. I mean, I always rated him who was at uh, at Leeds and Barnley, uh, Barnsley, to be fair, but like he he was a very important player for for those teams, and you know I think just because he's not been in the starting eleven recently, um, or, or not really regularly at all this season, he has been a bit bit of a bit part player. It doesn't take away from the fact that he is still a very good player and he's still a very good option. It just shows the the strength and depth that we have um, to be able to, to bring on you know former Barnsley club captain who was you know, incredible for them off the bench and and have that sort of impact in, in a game like we saw yesterday against Norwich. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. I really enjoyed that pass. The first, the pass to for um, Kamenacha's first goal was so good, and also the way that Kamenacha took that in and just opened up his body and caressed the ball into the the side of the net was just so so good. And yeah, that tackle <laughs> was really good as well. And yeah, I'll, I'll reiterate: I don't think that Alex Moore has ever been a bad player. And, and don't forget, he had an injury. I think uh, I don't know whether it was at the beginning of this season or last season for West Brom. But I think there was this consensus amongst West Brom fans that that kind of 
hindered him because you know let's think about this here if you're out for an extended period of time and I don't know how long he was out for but a decent amount of time there there is a bit of rustiness there you're trying to get back into the swing of things and then you're playing as a bit part player at, you know at Middlesbrough it's going to take time sometimes and I don't think that Alex Sport has ever been a poor player yes he's put in poor performances and he's played below par for what we were expecting doesn't mean that he's a bad player and I was really delighted for him yesterday because quite rightly people around me were thinking eh Alex Moore because positionally as well as you said there Tom it didn't really make sense but Carrick as the chant goes he knows exactly what we need and he knew <laughs> that we needed to to put Hayden Hackney in that sort of half space the Riley McGree role which I thought he did really really well with actually both defensively and offensively Hayden Hackney is fantastic technically, so I think that was a really good masterstroke of decision from Carrick. Not the only one that he's made, um, being in charge of Millsborough so far. And hats off, hats off to to Carrick, to Hackney, and to Alex Moore as well, because I thought that it it just it worked. <laughs> Let's be honest, it worked. But moving on, Borough fans, it's been a while, shall we? <laughs> Let me take you to a place where memberships are smiling face Pushing shoulders with the stars Where strangers take you by the hand and welcome you to Wonderland From beneath the Panama Shit outside and drinks are free Burning sunshine, there's enough for everyone Oh, let's listen in the sea but don't worry, you're a shit house. Aaron Ramsey, welcome to Shit House Island. Scores a goal, makes a beeline to the Norwich fans, sucks up the moment, <laughs> and then gets crocked. Really enjoyed that. As soon as it happened, I was thinking, yeah, you're straight on Shit House Island, but he's there, the people on YouTube. Do a little Where's Wally. Aaron Ramsey is there. He's on Shithouse Island. It's been a while. I can't actually remember the last person that made the trip over to Shithouse Island. It might have been... You know what? I can't actually remember. It's been that long, but I'm glad that we've got somebody else on Shithouse Island. I really enjoyed that moment. And then another thing happened yesterday. It was it was peak conditions for knee sliding. We got not one, but two. I do want to focus on one because Hayden Hackney scored his first uh, Riverside goal yesterday and got that knee slide in. I mean, it was oh, such a good knee slide. Tom, talk me through this one because I really enjoyed it. Um, I mean, conditions were absolutely perfect for it yesterday, as you say. First Riverside goal, so you've got to get a, a very uh, special knee slide there. Good uh, good technique with you know, throwing the arms back, getting a, a decent distance on it. I would say that was the best knee slide of the night. I think that, that's even going up against, you know, Archers with uh, the getting the bow off his back and stuff as well. It just seemed like Archer didn't really get that distance. So <laughs> solid uh, 8 out of 10 for me, that one. Yeah, you know what? I really like this one. He, he he puts some oomph into it, doesn't he? He puts some passion into it. I think there's a decent length on the slide. He, I mean, the technique behind the actual jump, it's sort of a jump slide, isn't it? I really like this one. And the fact that he specifically went to the South Stand as well, which I think for you know Borough fans, probably of his age, you look at, at the South Stand, it's the hub of 
the riverside the noise the you know the passion the colors the vibrance you go over to that um i want to say you know what i'm going to say 8.5 i think that was a really good one from hayden acne and hopefully we can see more inductees to the knee slide club please let us know what you or how you would rate the uh knee slide from hayden hackney yesterday get involved in the comments and on our socials but before we move on to the praise of place i just want to mention our fundraiser for the motor neuron disease association um in memory of my lovely mum, who i just know would have reacted to that game yesterday saying, eee, bloody hell. I feel like that would probably be her three words, but we are so, so close to hitting our target of 3,000 raised for such an amazing charity. We've, well, I've seen firsthand what they do for not just those with MND, but the, the support for their families as well. 93% of the way there. Please, please, please give what you can, be it a, a quid, or a little bit more, it would be fantastic because we are winding down on this fundraiser. We're going to end it in around June. So, yeah, please get involved and give what you can. But, yes, the praise in place is the next destination for us, Tom. Um, Nick, Anthony, James, Phil, Zach, Chris, uh, I feel like Whitney Houston at the BAT Awards. Uh, they all said Alex Mowat. Uh, Paul said... McNair, solid second half and decent overall tonight after getting stick recently. Tom, who gets your place in the praiser place this week? Well, I'm having a bit of a the opposite situation that I had last week in which I didn't really want to put anyone in the praiser place and now I kind of want to put everyone in the praiser place. Um, I think for me, the, the main standout is Hayden Hackney. For the last three games, I felt like his performances weren't great and I felt like they weren't kind of coming up to the high standards he set for himself this season. Uh, but I thought he was fantastic yesterday to cap it off with with goal as well. Every time I watch that goal as well, I'm just like, I can't get over how good the finish is. As you know, modest as he was trying to be on in his BBC T's interview yesterday, where he was like, oh, I just did it and it went in. There was a lot of kind of, there was a lot of technique in that, and it was just pretty much a, a pass into the back of the net. You know, it's got to go through two Norwich players and beat the keeper to get there. And you know, in terms of accuracy, that couldn't have gone anywhere else. So, great goal, and I thought as a as a performance overall, uh, much improved yesterday. More as well, got to put him in there. He did really well after after coming on. As I mentioned earlier, you got the assist and the assist of the assist with with the slide tackle, um, really kind of coming into his own um, in, in that sub appearance. And you know, I, I, I've been hoping we we can see that for for quite a while. I was actually um, advocating for him to be subbed on against Burnley last week um, because I just wanted to. Well, I thought felt we we needed to to change things up, and I thought he could have done it. And I think he's shown what he can do uh, in, in his sub appearance yesterday. And then thirdly, probably Cameron Archer. Um, like we said earlier, very clinical and the overall contribution to the team, uh, and to capping it off with the assist rather than uh, going for the the selfish option. Um, I, I thought he did really well yesterday. Yeah, I mean, there's. It's always a great headache to have, isn't it, when we're looking at the praise and place and wondering who we actually want to put in there. 
I do want to put Akpom in there because um, he's now scored in eight consecutive home games, which equals a championship record uh, level with Tammy Abraham and Jared Bowen. And he's now on 27 league goals level uh, level with John O'Rourke. And you know what? The thing with, with Akpom is sometimes, and I know he scored yesterday, but when he doesn't score, a lot of the time he's still contributing to the game he's still contributing to the moves he's just I said this on Twitter yesterday after the match that our players have got such a good understanding and appreciation of each other and that's why we we are and I'll say it again and it might not last but I don't care the highest scorers of the championship because they they just know where each other is is meant to be and will be and is and you know at Pom and Force, actually, I want to mention as well, were very good with that yesterday. You know, Force um, was involved in the first goal. He obviously set up the second. Um, Hackney's... There's just... All of our forwards, because there's so many threats in this team, I think I want to praise Atpom. I want to praise Force. But I, wanna, I, I also want to praise a trait of just general selflessness because it's so easy when you're a Marcus Force, you're on, you're in double figures. When you're Tuber at Pom and you're hunting down 30, when you're Cameron Archer and you're in such a good goal scoring vein of form, you know, when you're Aaron Ramsey, when you're McGree, you know, the amount of threats that we've got in this side is unbelievable. It's so easy to maybe go for the glory, go for the your own story, your own narrative, but this team is a team and this attack specifically is an attack full of selflessness and they're in it for each other. And you can tell, you can see when they score, you know, when um, Chibra Outpom scored, straight over pointing to, to Cameron Archer, you know, straight over pointing to Aaron Ramsey. There's just, you can tell it's just a really, really, really good team that just love playing alongside each other. So I want to put, I'm in there for that record. I want to put Force in there for his build-up play and for his contributions to, to the game. Of course, we've mentioned more. We've mentioned Cameron Archer as well. But just, I think, I want. I just want to praise the team, the team's selflessness this week, I think. But uh, we'll move on to, to questions. I just want to add this in. Um, our questions towards this end of the season are basically just full of why are we so massive? So we've <laughs> we've kind of gone away from the questions a little bit. My sister was really wanting me to ask this, but obviously we've got loanies here that are making an impact. You've got Giles, obviously more <laughs> made an impact yesterday, Stefan, and then the two Villa lads, Ramsey and Archer. Appreciate this is looking into the future. But how do Borough fare without those loanies next season? I think it just depends where we end up, doesn't it? Um, I, I think Carrick was actually asked about it in the Norwich press conference, I believe. Um, it was like, where, what are we planning for next season? Are we planning for promotion? Are we planning for, for staying in the championship? And he said, we, we've got contingency plans for, for every scenario. Um, as much mm. as he always says, we're just looking at the next game. It You can't <laughs> ignore where we are in the league and what might happen. But I'm pretty confident in our recruitment team now. Um, shout out to Kieran Scott, who I know is getting a lot of hate in our YouTube comments for some reason. <laughs> but... Uh, um, but 
No, like I, th- I think you you look at the um, the signings we've made this season. The signings in January, Archer and 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 Ramsey, um, to a lesser extent, Balassa, because like I say, he hasn't had too much of a chance to, to make that impact just yet. Okay, we brought in in the summer. Force has become a pretty integral part of the team. If he's not playing, he's at least coming off the bench and making an impact, and then he'll be starting in, in the next match and and stuff. Hoppy, unfortunately, we haven't seen the best of just yet. Lenahan's been an absolutely fantastic signing. Unfortunately, we haven't seen a lot of McClark. But our recruitment has been far improved this season from from where it has been, in in my opinion. And I, I think we're, we're recruiting for exactly what the team needs. I think we're recruiting good players with with sell on value. Uh you know, if, if we need to to sell them on. And you know, the the coaching model that we have at the moment, we can we can improve players as well. So I think with with that taken into account, if we were to stay down in the championship, um I think we'd be looking at more permanent signings to to kind of like build in the same sort of um What's the right word for it? The, the same, same sort of system uh, that we've had recruitment wise. Uh, I, I think we'd be we'd be looking for something very similar in who we bring in in next season. Uh, you know, if, if we do need experience, I'm pretty sure we can do it. But I, I think, like I said, this last season especially, we we've really been kind of on top of what we need uh, as, as a club, and I think that that is a. Total, um, a total one eighty on what we've had in previous seasons, where we're recruiting for what a manager needs, and then we've got to rip it all up and start again if we were to get rid of that manager. But we're, we're building uh, a good team, and we're, we're doing it logically now. So, in t- in terms of missing the Lawneys next season, I think as fans we will miss them. Uh, you know, yeah. if we, if we don't, you know, get promoted and end up getting like Ramsey and Archer back on loan, for example. You probably will miss them, miss watching them as players. But I'm pretty confident that we will we will replace them with either permanent signs that we we can you know develop, or loanies from like equally equally as good from from the Premier League, and and you know we will look a lot stronger next season uh, either way. Do you think we'll see any of them back next season? Because I know we were talking quite recently, I think it was literally the last pod and then maybe another one before that, of Ramsey and uh, an arch, likely absolute knuckles. Um, but Giles, Giles and Stefan, and I don't think, although he played well yesterday, Alex Mort will be back. Rodrigo Muniz is like, I mean, where even is he, to be honest? So I think we could kind of cast them aside for this particular discussion. But like Giles and Stefan, there's a decent chance that we we might see them again next season, right? I hope so. Um, I've been a big fan of both. Um, and I know... Obviously, it depends, like, you know, if we get in the Premier League. But yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think Giles potentially could still come back even if we're in the Championship. Um, mm. I think it, it depends on where Wolves end up. But I know they've been. Uh, I think it was the Northern Echo that reported it that we were trying to sign him permanently, and it is going to depend on if Wolves go down or not. Um, I think they're looking better now uh, since their new managers come in. But I don't watch too much of the Premier League to be honest. It's not interesting yeah. until Borough in it. But um, <laughs> I, I think they are doing better. So hopefully, you know, we could go into next season 
they want a sensible fee for for Giles, we can get him permanently, and you know look to to develop him and and make him part of the system. Stefan's another one I'd I'd love to see back. How realistic that is, I don't know because I can imagine he's on a fair amount of wages at, at Man City. Oh, yeah. But he has said he's probably not going to go back to Man City. So where he ends up, I don't know. But I, I do think he's he's a very important part of this team. And if he doesn't come back, we're gonna be we're gonna have a hard job trying to find a keeper that does the same things that he does next season. Yeah, definitely. Good to see that, uh, or good to hear that Zach Stefan has a chant now. I, I really like that. Uh, but the Big Glue asks, do you think with the injuries we've acquired that Isaiah Jones could have an important role to play in the run-in? Of course, he came on yesterday. I hope so. It's it's going to depend on him getting back to to his best and in terms of form. Obviously, he's had a spell out of the team. Um, before that, he wasn't exactly in the in the in the best form that he's ever been in. Had proper second season syndrome, but it just shows what what a good problem it is to have. You know, hopefully, force isn't isn't um, out for for a long time. Um, it, he did look like he was putting in a lot of effort yesterday. Um, he obviously plays on the same second half, playing on the same side. Uh, that we both sit on. And I don't know if you noticed this, but he was he was really kind of blowing when he was chasing mm. people down. I can imagine running on that pitch when it was wet is like running on, on Seton Beach or something like that. But, um, <laughs> but hopefully he, he's not out for, for too long. Uh, but if he is, the fact that we've got, you know, arguably one of our best players from last season to to fall back on it's it, you know it's a, a good squad depth problem to have yeah the guy in front of me when jones came on went oh jones and i mean it it was sad because i think it's indicative of his drop off this season but if you're a championship fan if you're a norwich fan um or probably not a norwich fan but if you're a just a general championship fan and you're coming up against middlesbrough and you've got Marcus Force coming off and Isaiah Jones coming on, you probably think, Christ, you know, that's some substitution. The the squad depth that we have is is crazy. And, it, you know, it hasn't really worked for Jones this season. I have said before that it's just different and don't be surprised when different is met with, you know, a completely different sort of performance from from a player because things have changed a lot. Manager, system, formation. We've tweaked the, the the style of play a little bit. It's just different, and it's going to be different for Jones. But I'm glad that he got a cameo yesterday because players like Jones and Dykesdale, probably probably lesser so Moon is because again we've just not seen him. But like more players that are not you know, bowler as well. You know, my dad has turned Mark Bowler into a meme for some reason. So whenever Mark Bowler comes on the pitch, my dad is like really excited, like almost sarcastically. But he's played, you know, left wing at times. These players will play a part. And now with the injuries to Fry, McGree, Force and Ramsey, these players like Jones are going to come into it. And I really, really hope that we can see even just half of the best of Jones from last season because still that's a very exciting attacking prospect there for us and I think he could really suit the way that we play so fingers crossed um it's a shame that we've got these injuries it's not the greatest time <laughs> to get them so it's a big test of our squad depth but 
yeah, we've we've got players there that can step up and hopefully they will. Um, but Hull uh, are coming to the Riverside on Wednesday night. Tom, have you got any early thoughts on that game? Any feelings of predictions? I think Aaron Connolly is still injured. So when I called him a honking footballer, I don't think that will come back to bite me. But yeah, what are your early thoughts on on Hull? I'm I'm kind of looking forward uh, to it. To be honest, I'm. I, I think it will be a tough game. I think a lot of people could look at this game in isolation and be like, "Hull, 16th in the league, we're playing them at home. It's it's going to be an easy win." But they do have a good manager in, in Liam Rossinia. Um I heard a lot last season that he was like the brains behind Wayne Rooney at, at, at Derby, and mm. you know he, he has improved Hull since uh, since he's come in. You know we played him earlier in the season when. I can't even remember who was their manager at that point, but they, they didn't play very well. It's like Shotter. It was Shotter Avladze, was it, at that point? Yeah, I, I think so. It's starting to become like Wofford with all these managers. But yeah. um, <laughs> I, I think, yeah, he, he's improved them since since he's come in. I've, I've seen a few um, a few things on like the EFL highlight show where they have done well. So I think it is going to be a more difficult game than, than people might think, just kind of like looking at it in, in isolation. But we've got enough about us to to win that. Mm, you would I mean you'd like to hope so, wouldn't you? Um any predictions, score predictions, goal scorer, Lenahan. I mean he did <clears> score <throat> yesterday, but he did, and thankfully I hadn't bet on him, so I didn't lose out on anything there. But I, I will uh be betting him on, on Wednesday. Um I'll go <laughs> quite 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 a day there. I'm in London all day and then uh, thankfully, getting back about half six off the train and going straight to the match, so I'll be going straight there, straight to the uh, the betting kiosk at the Riverside and sticking <laughs> sticking a quid on Daryl and Anne anytime. Um, I don't know why you do it. I don't know. It's it's going to happen eventually. He's going to. It probably he, will. He, he yeah. did yesterday, it, but yeah, it it will sorry. it will when you don't bet on him. Yeah, you won't bet well, on that, him, that, and that's he'll what score last night. Yeah, yeah. That, but, um, when that when that happened, I immediately thought of you and was like, ah. <laughs> I oh, didn't well. <laughs> realise it was him. Um, so I, I jumped up at the time a little bit and then saw the flag go up. So I was like, oh, it doesn't even matter. Mm. I hadn't even looked at who'd scored it. And then I seen Lenahan running off and turned around to my dad. I was like, was that Lenahan? <laughs> he was like, yeah, yeah, he was going to run over here. He had, that was for you, Tom, on his top and everything. But, <laughs> um, but on, on Wednesday, I'm going to go 3 0 Borough. Obviously, I think it was 3-1 in the reverse fixture, so we can do without a whole scorer in this term. Mm. I saw a stat earlier that I'm not going to mention, but if anyone has FOTMOB, you will see it. Um, but as I said, I'm not going to mention it. We're not going to malt Kersborough this week. Um, yeah, this one... I have war flashbacks of last season when things were kind of unravelling a little bit and then Hull came to the Riverside and... Oh, that goal that Joel Lumley conceded was just really, really bad. But thankfully, we don't have Joel Lumley a goal anymore. Um, I back us, you know, after winning 5-1, confidence will be up. Um, I think we've put this little mini blip behind us. You'd like to think with that performance or with that result. Um, so I'm feeling a... You know what? I'm feeling a 3 0. You know, what? I'm going to go 3 1. I'm going to go 3 1. My dad's favourite score line. I'm going to say 3 1 to Borough. Um, goal scorers, I think Tubrat Pom will break the record, get a ninth goal um, at the Riverside in succession. Archer and 
Should we, I think we'll just say Lenahan, right? We've just got to say Lenahan from now until the end of the season and then hope that we Fingers manifest crossed. it actually happening. Um, you know what? I'm also going to say McNair uh, scoring on mm. Wednesday. I reckon McNair, Lenahan, and Akpom. Bloody hell, two defenders. <laughs> oh, off corners. God, someone needs to check your pulse. Christ alive. Anyway, uh, I think that's pretty much it, Tom. Thank you very much for joining me. Uh, Borough Cage, the Canaries, but can they tame the Tigers? This has been the Borough Breakdown podcast, and that was all your Borough Match Day chat in a pod. Up the Borough Breakdown. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.